chapter 24. <clears throat> Psalms chapter 24. So, uh, obviously, starting a new year, and as I mentioned this morning, uh, we're going to be talking a lot this year about uh, being prepared and uh, prepared unto every good work. And, of course, we're laying a groundwork uh, that we're going somewhere with this. Everything that we talk about, preach about, is going to be on purpose, of course. And uh, we are laying the groundwork for, uh, I believe, uh, one of the greatest steps of faith we've taken yet in uh, the young uh, six-and-a-half-year history of our church, and that is to be able to build our first building. Amen? And uh, that certainly is going to um, uh, be uh, for a young church. Uh, that's going to be a, uh, a monumentous task. And, but here's what I keep saying about that, folks. I'm glad it's beyond you and I because that means God's got to be involved. Amen. And uh, and if it's something you and I could do, uh, just in of our own strength and power, why would we even need God? And so uh, I'm so thankful that uh, God uh, has been, will be, and will continue to be a part of uh, the future of this church. Amen. If we'll stay in the place where God can continue to bless us. And that really is up to us. Amen. And uh, because as we learned this morning from the nation of Israel, uh, as long as they followed God's plan, walked in God's laws, God kept His Word and did exactly what what he said he would do, but their problems came when they decided to go a different direction, and uh, I don't want that of us, amen, we want to keep following the Lord's way, we want to keep following his will, his plan, and so anyway, all that to say, a lot of the preaching this year is going to be geared to that direction. Now, I have been since we started the church, I've done this a couple times already, uh, maybe every other year, and we did not do it last year, and I'm not going to do it the same as I've done it in the past, we're going to do it a little bit different, uh, but I am going to take some Sunday nights in January and uh, talk about this thing of stewardship, and uh, it's a very important subject, the Bible has a lot to say about it, and uh, we uh, want to make sure that uh, we, our lives line up with what the Bible has to say, amen? By the way, I think that's true in any area of our life, not just the area of stewardship, but every area of our life, the Bible's the standard. God's Word is what we look to. And uh, if uh, something's out of kilter, I can tell you this, it's not God and His Word. Amen? It's us, and it's the standard, it's the litmus test, and that's what we want to make sure that we're living up to in our lives. So, that being said, that's what we're going to uh, uh, do some messages on Sunday night, Lord willing, here in January about. So if you find your place, stand with me, Psalms chapter 24, and uh, I'm just going to read the very first verse, and, uh, and uh, we're going to get right into the message. Notice what this verse says. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. Let me read that to you one more time. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. Let's pray. Lord, again, we want to say we love you. We thank you for this opportunity to be here in your house tonight. We ask God you'd help us, Lord. Speak to us, Lord. We need you, God, please. And uh, we're begging for your help. God, we, we, we understand we can't do any of this without you. Lord, we want your blessing. We want your power. We want your direction. Lord, we want you to be glorified and honored in all that we say and do. And Lord, so I pray that you would help us, Lord, and uh, tonight as we look into your word, uh, that you teach us some things we need to learn. And we thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Now, first of all, uh, let's define uh, what a steward is. What a steward is. What, what's that word stewardship even mean? Well, a steward is a person that is employed to collect, manage, invest, and distribute the wealth of his employer. Uh, in fact, uh, even to this day, uh, they may not necessarily use that term, uh, but there there's still people like that that do those types of things today. Most stewards are compensated according to how successful 
they advance the interest of their employer. Uh, stewards sometimes can be guilty of mismanaging the wealth and could be fired at best or maybe even at worst be arrested. All right, And, and particularly back in the Bible day here. Uh, he would certainly gain a reputation of distrust and it would be hard pressed to find another job if he was not a good steward, if he was not a good steward. Now, let me tell you what Psalm 24, verse 1 teaches us. Uh, it teaches us some important truth uh, when it comes to us as Christians being stewards. By the way, every single one of us are stewards uh, of what God has given us and blessed us with. And by the way, because of that, we will give an answer to our master, okay, our employer, if you will, about what we did with what was his. Amen. And we'll get into that and talk about that. Notice what it says this, the earth is the Lord's. Now that word earth there, it speaks of the land or the surface. And here's what that means, folks. All property belongs to God. Now I'm talking about, we're talking about the tangible earth that we all live on. This, this ball of planet uh, that uh, uh, is, uh, you know, suspended in outer space. And yes, by the way, I do believe that we're living on a ball. Amen? Some people say we're not. But uh, anyway, uh, get off YouTube and just have some common sense and read the Bible. Amen? Uh, but um, uh, the, the, the earth there speaks of the land surface, the area, and uh, the physical property. You say, well, I own this or I own that. Uh, Let's get right down to it. No, we don't. We're temporary stewards of what is God's. Amen? Truth be told, the physical property you lived on, there's been a whole lot of people before you that's called it their own. And guess what? It's technically not yours. It wasn't theirs. Ultimately, it belongs to God. Now, you may have temporary possession of it, right? But even that um, is uh, ultimately uh, God owns it all. So the earth speaks of the land or the surface. The next phrase in verse 24, and the fullness thereof. Here's what that means. Everything on this planet contained, everything that's contained on this planet is God's. Everything. Okay? And the fullness thereof. By the way, He's the one that made it. So if He made it, it belongs to Him. Right? Amen? I mean, the, the, the sun belongs to God. Uh, the, the moon belongs to God. The atmosphere belongs to God. The trees belong to God. I mean, on, on and on we can go. So the land surface belongs to God. Everything that the planet contains belongs to God. And then we see this, the world. That means this, the, the, the very uh, essence of, of creation itself belongs to Him. God is using some very specific terms but that are all-encompassing terms to let us know that anything and everything belongs. And He says, and they that dwell therein. So guess what that means? Ultimately, even we belong to God. By the way, folks, think about this, okay? Only God is the author of life. Okay, now God uses obviously a biological process to allow uh, people to uh, be born and to live and that kind of thing. But even in that biological process, a spark of life has to come. And you know where that comes from? God. Amen? And all that dwell therein ultimately belong to God. Now, let me tell you why it's important as Christians that we accept and believe these truths. Because if we accept and believe this, it changes the view of everything around us. Amen? By the way, that's okay. Amen? And uh, the, the, the noise of babies and children around here, that's a good thing. You know what? That's a sign of health. Health. 
And I know sometimes, you know, uh, we, uh, uh, we, we see all the kids bouncing off the walls and all that. And, 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 and truth be told, yeah, I, don't want the, I want the kid to be respectful and not knock not, not people down and run in between our elderly folk and all that. We don't want that. But all that to say, folks, listen, I'm glad we got kids around here. Amen. I'm glad we hear some babies' cries. And I'm glad we got some marks on the walls and, and some uh, stains on the floor. And one of the kiddos last night or Friday night was eating pizza and and uh, got pizza sauce all over the chair. I, who cares? Amen. We'll clean it up. Uh, you know what that means? It's a sign of health. And, I, and I'm thankful for that, by the way. I'm thankful for what God is doing here. Uh, but anyway, back to what we were saying here. When we accept these truths, it's going to change our view of things around us. That means this. The property that we thought we had, we realize that God has just lent it to us for a time. We realize ultimately it belongs to God. And you know what that means? We care for it differently because we're just a steward of the land for a short time. The possessions that we thought we owned, we realize that ultimately they are God's. We're to use them according to God's will and to care for them as one who must one day give account. That means the planet that we live on, uh, we realize it belongs to God. That means we take care of it, not because we're an environmentalist, not because we're a tree hugger, not because we worship the planet, but you know what? Because we're a steward of the planet. And by the way, let me just stay, say this, okay? And I know a lot of times we, we uh, talk about in a negative connotation, you know, uh, all this uh, uh, earth stuff and all that. Listen, I'm not against taking care of the planet. I'm not against that. But what I am against is putting it in front of the Creator, worshiping the creation more than the Creator. And let me tell you what, what, what's so ridiculous about the mantra of the day, okay? It's really not about taking care of the planet because we're, we're stewards of it and it belongs to God. It's so mankind can find something else to take the place of God in their lives. That's really what it's about. I'm going to tell you right now, mankind is pretty arrogant if they think we have the power to destroy the planet. Let me tell you something, folks. The only thing that's holding this thing together has nothing to do with CO2 admission and uh, you know global warming, climate change. That is not, The only reason we're still here is because God says we're going to be here. Amen? Jesus Christ makes all things consist. And yeah, one day the planet's going to get destroyed, but it's when God does it. Amen? When He says it's time. And listen, folks, mankind isn't powerful enough or strong enough or smart enough or stupid enough to destroy what God has ordained to be. Amen? But all that to say, I do believe we ought to take care, care of the planet. I mean, listen, folks, if you've got a piece of property, you ought to take care of it. Amen? I mean, when you drive on a piece of property, uh, you, you, you know, it, it ought to be the fact that uh, it's, it's managed, it's taken care of, and uh, you know, it's a bad testimony when, when, when you trash something that God's given you and blessed you with. Amen? And so, um, uh, but, but it changes your outlook on things. It means this, that the people uh, that uh, we maybe thought belonged to us, we may, we may say this, my wife, my children, my this, my that. Well, let's be honest, folks. Truth be told, really, they belong to God. And by the way, when we start looking at our relationships different, uh, we understand that really they belong to God. You know what that means? That means that we will treat people different because we understand that, it, that, that uh, they belong to God and that we'll treat them properly. By the way, let me just say this. One another, each other, even a husband and wife relationship. Yes, I understand that you're married. Yes, I understand that you uh, are entered into a, a marriage contract, a married covenant. But let me just say this, uh, men, that your wife is God's daughter. Amen? And you better take care of God's daughter. 
Uh, wives, your husband is God's son. You better take care of God's son. Amen? Because ultimately, all of that belongs to God. And when you have that mindset, I'm going to tell you something, it will change your outlook on things. It will help you to have the right biblical mindset of stewardship and help us to handle things the way God would have for us to handle them. Now, God gives us in the Scripture two parables of stewardship. And stewardship is a biblical concept. Jesus used it in His teachings to teach His disciples about hard work, diligence, honesty, and, and, and investing wisely. And He needed them to understand who was the master and who was the steward. So he gives them some parables to teach them some spiritual truth. So tonight, for the next couple of parables, and let me give you some principles of stewardship out of these parables. Go first of all to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. And we're going to look at the, the parable. This is one of the probably the more famous parables about stewardship of the rich fool. The parable of the rich fool. There in Luke chapter 12 and uh, in verse 13 through 21. And uh, the parable of the rich fool. All right, let's uh, begin reading here in verse 13. The Bible says this in uh, Luke chapter 12, verse 13. And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. And he spake a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and will build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruit and my goods. And I I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself, and is not rich toward God. Now I'm going to tell you, this parable is packed full of, of great truths about stewardship. The parable was prompted by a man who wanted Christ to settle an argument between himself and his brother. Jesus' answer was one of rebuke and of warning. He said unto him this, Man, who hath made me a judge or divider over you? And then he said to everyone that was there, everyone that witnessed this encounter, he warned them about being aware of covetousness. You see, folks, Jesus was sent to preach of the kingdom of heaven. He was sent to seek and to save that which was lost. And some people wanted to turn him into a judge or an arbiter to settle financial disputes. And Jesus was very wise how he handled that. He refused to be placed in that position. There was just certain things he wasn't going to get caught up in. Certain things he wasn't going to give his attention to. And so it's important here that we uh, uh, understand uh, what Jesus is teaching about this concept here of stewardship. Here's the first thing he says is this, beware of covetousness. Beware of covetousness. Let me tell you what that means, folks. Things should not meet as much as relationships. Well, I like saying it like this. Uh, people are more important than things. Amen? And I'm going to tell you, how many family problems, how many uh, issues have, have, have you witnessed in your own life of people you know, uh, fighting and families being blown apart? You know why? Because of covetousness. Because of a bunch of stupid stuff. Amen? And He warns of that. Now listen, He wouldn't warn of it if He didn't know it would be a problem for us. 
Amen? And every single one of us, I don't care how spiritual we are, look how close to God we are, there's something in our heart that's always going to tend to pull us toward covetousness. Especially as Americans, who truth be told, folks, we live like kings compared to most people in all the world. I'm going to tell you right now, nobody right now has are you probably thinking to yourself how you're going to stay warm tonight. You're not thinking that. Okay, that, that thought probably didn't even enter into your mind today. Nobody probably thought, I wonder if I'm going to have enough substance to get me through the week. I wonder if I'm going to have enough to eat this week. Nobody more than likely probably thought that thought this week. But let me tell you, that's not so uh, with a lot of people around the world. Amen? A lot of people, those are the concerns on their heart. Why do you think we're trying to send stuff over to our missionaries like winter clothing and coats and blankets and hats and scarves? Because there's people who need it, that's why. And let me tell you, it's easy for us as Americans to get caught up in our materialistic society. And I understand, folks, God gives us these things and they belong to Him and we're blessed. But let's not allow the blessings of God to uh, turn those possessions into uh, what we worship and what our life is actually turned into. And that's what it's about. Amen? And so Jesus here warns us to beware of covetousness. And then He makes this statement. He says that our life is not defined by our possessions. Your life is not defined by what you have and what you don't have. Listen to me, folks. At the end of your life, true success is not measured by the things you possess. Okay? The old saying, he who dies with the most toys wins. Well, whoever said that uh, 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 is a a moron, to be honest with you. Amen? Now, I've seen it. I've heard of and I've seen, uh, I've heard stories before. I, of course, doing, doing the funerals, I, I meet a lot, a lot of different funeral directors and they, you know, they, they told me stories of, of people, you know, uh, being taken to the graveyard in their, you know, in, in their, in, in their, uh, their big truck. They're, I've even heard of Cadillac and all kinds of crazy ridiculous things. Listen, folks, none of that stuff is going with us. Amen? Your life is not defined by what you have or what you don't have. Because guess what? The rich fool in the parable, by the time it's over, he's dead. And all that stuff that he had, all that stuff that um, uh, he thought that was his, he ended up dying anyway. I guarantee you, none of it went went with him into eternity. His mistakes were made because he did not see himself as a steward. So your life is not defined by your possessions. Now let me tell you what we see here. We see the fact that uh, this man in this parable, and these are the truths of the parable, there was no acknowledgement or thankfulness toward God who blessed him. Now listen folks, God's not against you having things. Here's what I always say, God is against things having you. Amen? God's not against us having stuff. We all have stuff. We all have more stuff than what we need. Alright? And God's not necessarily against that, but He is against if, if we don't acknowledge and are thankful toward God the, the, uh, who has blessed us with those things. You never see that in this man. You see no acknowledgement concerning to whom his possessions really belong to. That, notice back in that parable where he talks to himself, and you can just see the, the arrogance here in what he says. I mean, he says this, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. What a very proud, arrogant statement. You know, he's, he's crediting himself for all that he has. And there's never any credit toward God. There's a selfish misunderstanding of why he received the abundance. Now folks, listen. Why do you think sometimes God gives us more than we need? 
All right, now I'm not against laying up for the future. I think we ought to. In fact, it's a Bible principle that we save, all right, that we lay up. The Bible talks about the inheritance for, uh, for our children and for our children's children. Okay, God's not against saving. But let me say this, all right? Sometimes the reason God gives you a, a, an abundance is not so you can pad your own pockets, but so you can look for ways to help somebody else. Okay? In fact, listen, here, 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 this will help you more than anything. Let your life... As a steward, let your life be let your life be a conduit through which God can flow through you to help somebody else. Amen. Now again, I'm not I'm not talking about just uh, not not using wisdom and all this, and, and I'm not just saying just because you know somebody says my name's Jimmy, I'll take all you give me. You ought to give to him. Okay, you got to be smart about it. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I get calls a lot of people uh, who call in and want something. Well, I, I, here's kind of my philosophy on that. If you don't have enough respect to show up to a church service and you know talk to me face to face, I'm just going to delete that message. Okay? I mean, I would think if you really were in need, okay, we're just not the next place on the list to call to get something you want. Okay? And we're going to be good stewards. Now, does that mean we don't? Absolutely, we help people. I mean, let me tell you, God has used this church to help a lot of people in need. But all that to say, you know, we're not a welfare service. Amen. All right, and so, but 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 when God gives us abundance, let's just ask God what He wants us to do with that abundance. And by the way, sometimes God will say, "Use it for yourself." He'll say that. I mean, listen again. God is God is not against us having the having stuff in life. He just wants for us to manage it properly. And you never see this from this rich fool. It's a selfish misunderstanding that all he had was for himself. And then what else do you see? You see the prideful presumption. And here's was his prideful presumption. That his future and his life would be lived out exactly how he thought it would be. Zoom that. Okay, that's why the Bible teaches us to say, if the Lord will. If the Lord will. You just ought to get in the habit of not just saying it, but thinking it. Amen? Now, I don't think it's wrong to plan. We ought to plan. I mean, that's why we have a calendar, right? we got certain things we're going to plan on doing this year. I'm going to tell you right now, what trumps anything and everything that's going to be on that calendar I give you next week is God's will. Amen? Amen. And it may not be God's will for us to do that. God may circum, uh, uh, or may supernaturally change the circumstances. I guarantee if you would have asked Brother Skeen uh, two or three years ago, if he thought he would be where he's at now, that probably wasn't in his plans. Right? But God supernaturally changed things. And by the way, He's allowed to do it because He's God. Amen? And we need to understand that. And we need to make sure that we don't make prideful presumptions about the things that we have, our own life, and our possessions, and think this is what we're... No, listen. Let's be in tune with God about it. Amen? That's just called being a good steward. So remember... Beware of covetousness. And remember that our life is not defined by our possessions. And then let's look at one more parable here for the next couple minutes and we'll close it up for tonight. Go to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. Same, uh, uh, in, in the same um, uh, passage we're in, we're just in the next parable down. Uh, in verse 35. Luke chapter 12, verse 35. Again, Jesus here is, is using a, uh, a parable here uh, to teach here his, um, his disciples about some very important truths. Alright, let's pick it up in verse... He says, Let your loins be girded about, and your lights burning, 
It's talking about being watchful here, uh, being ready, being um, uh, always at the standby to do what the Lord would have for us to do. And you yourselves liken the men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding, and when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him immediately. And again, he, he's, he's using this as a, a parable to teach about watchfulness. And this ought to be our mindset. Remember the quote I gave you this morning from the most unlikely source, Jimmy Carter, and what he said about we ought to live our lives like Jesus Christ could come this afternoon? Now listen, that's called being watchful, being ready. Because when the Lord knocks, immediately open. Alright, it's talking about the fact that, uh, and, and over in First uh, Thessalonians, I believe it is, he also talks about that when that day comes, it should not overtake us as a thief. Now, he's going to come at it like as a thief for most of the world, but as Christians who are watching and looking, who are ready, it should not overtake us as a thief. Because we're looking for it, we know that it's soon to be. Let's pick it up here in verse 37, because what we're going to see is, he's going to tie this truth about being watchful to stewardship. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when He cometh, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you that He shall gird Himself and make them to sit down to me, and will come and uh, forth and serve them. And if He shall come in the second watch, or come in the third watch, and find them so, blessed are those servants. And this know, that if the goodman of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched, and not have suffered his house to be broken through. Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when ye thank not. And so what you see here is, is some wise servants that are to be faithful in their duty. You know what? They're ready, they're excited to see the return of the Lord because the Lord rewards them for their faithfulness and readiness. Now what's interesting is that Peter then, verse 41, then Peter said unto him, Lord, speakest thou this parable unto us, or even to all? And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward, whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household, to give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant, whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Of a truth I say unto you, that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. But if the servant say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to beat the men's servants and maidens, and to eat and drink, and to be drunken, the Lord of the servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, at an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him asunder, and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. And the servant which knew his Lord's will, and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. But he that knew not, and did commit things worthy of stripes, shall be beaten with few stripes. For to whomsoever much is given of him shall be much required, and to whom men have committed much of him they will ask the more. Now, there's a lot of truth contained in this parable, but this parable again is to teach us about being faithful and wise stewards. And Jesus was using this to teach his, um, teach his disciples about being watchful and about having the right mindset of faithfulness when it came to their possessions and their life. Now the wise steward understood that they must one day give an account to their master. By the way, folks, the master may arrive in the first watch, the second watch, or the third watch, talking about different times in the night, and they determine to be faithfully doing their duties, excited and ready for the return of the Lord. Now, only if you're a good steward would you have this mindset. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if you're wasting, if you're, if you're doing it your way instead of God's way, 
You're not going to be ready or wanting the Lord to come. I've literally had Christians say to me, I hope the Lord doesn't come and then say because of this or that or whatever. What a, what a bad philosophy, amen? Listen, if, if you don't want the Lord to come because of this or that, then don't be involved in this or that. Listen, we must be ready. We must be watchful. By the way, if you're a good steward, you're not going to be ashamed when the Lord comes. Because you're, you know that you're uh, uh, to uh, be ready for Him to give an account of what He's blessed you with. So here's the question. How do you view your life? How do you view your possessions? How do you view, view your future? Do you see them all belonging to God? Or do you, are you so foolish to live as if they belong to you? Again, telltelling question here. If you had to stand before God and give an account for all that He's given you, would you be excited about doing it? Or would you be fearfully ashamed? Amen? And by the way, that's just not some philosophical question. That's actually going to be a real event we're all going to face. Right? And so, in order for us to be able to be prepared to do what the Lord has for us to do, we need to have the right mindset when it comes to stewardship. Amen? And when it comes to our lives and our possessions and our dreams and our wants, and understand, folks, as Christians, that all of that, not just as Christians, but the world in general, as I mentioned out of Psalm 24, all of that belongs to God. God has just gifted us with that for a short period of time. We will give an account for it, and we're stewards of all those things. And if we understand that, it will help us then to be more in tune to what God would have for us to do. And by the way, folks, I always say this, and I'll continue to say this, and I addressed this not that long ago, but all that to say, I as a pastor never tell people what to do as far as you know what to give and this and that. That's between you and God. Amen? Listen, if you're saved, you got the Holy Spirit living inside of you, do you not? Right? I mean, come on. We, we know He's there, right? Uh, uh, i tell you how I know He's there. Because when I do something I shouldn't do, He smacks me upside the head and, and, and smites my heart with conviction. I have no doubt He's in my life. Now listen, He's not just there to uh, convict you in your sin, all right? although that's part of it. He's also there to lead and to guide us and to help us and to tell us what it is He wants for us to do. Now we need to be in tune with that. Amen? Now just remember, the Holy Spirit will never contradict His Word. And so, uh, if, if, if you feel like the Spirit is telling you something that's in disagreement with the Bible, I can tell you right now, the Spirit you're listening to is not the Holy Spirit of God. It might be a Spirit, but it's not God's Spirit. Okay, that's why the Bible says to try the spirits. And one reason you know it's from God, if it's in complete harmony with the Word of God. Okay, now all that to say is this. I don't tell people what to do. That's God's job to speak to your heart and to let you know what you ought to do. But I can tell you this, one thing according to the Bible, He wants every single one of us to be good. And whether or not He's given you one talent, whether He's given you two talents or five talents, we ought to take those talents and do exactly what's going to make the Master say, well done, good and faithful servant, and double those things. Amen? And, and so that when the Master does come, we won't have to be ashamed about it. By the way, listen folks, the, 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 the coming of the Lord, the reason we ought to um, uh, anticipate His return every day and live like today could be the day that He comes because it keeps us, truth be told, at being good stewards. That's really what it does. I mean, come on, if you knew 100% for a fact that Jesus Christ would come in the next 24 hours, your next 24 hours would be different. Guarantee it would be. So would mine. Right? But, but, but really what God wants us to do is because we don't know for sure, and it could happen, 
live those 24 hours like He is going to come at the end of those 24 hours. Right? And part of all that is being good stewards. And so as we continue through this, uh, the, the, through these, uh, this subject of stewardship, we'll get some, in, into some more practical things. But I want to lay a biblical foundation and just let you know what God expects. Amen? Remember what I said this morning, you need to know the objective, know what God wants from you out of your life, and He wants every single one of us to be good stewards. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We praise you.